0: Hello and welcome to episode two of the official Partick Thistle Football Club podcast as we profile some of the big personalities here at the WIRE Stadium at Hill. Once again, a huge thanks to our PTFC podcast Series 1 partner, the podcast rooms, who are hosting and helping us with today's recording. Perfectly positioned just a couple of floors up from the Hill dressing room. And one of the biggest characters in that dressing room is my guest today, a real fan's favourite with more than 300 appearances across two spells under his belt. Following on from last week's chat with his former teammate and, of course, his current manager Chris Dolan, I'm delighted to be joined today by the Thistle men's team number eleven, truly one of a kind, Stephen Lawless. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks How are you for done? having me. No, uh, bad no yourself? Problem? Very well, thank you. And in fact, before we even get started, a wee bit of a Andrew Cole, Andy Cole question here. Would you prefer Stephen or Stevie?
1: Uh, either or, no, no either or?
0: Uh, either or, whatever you feel like. It's a, it's a good first question, isn't it? Aye,
1: listen. Everything everybody wants to know.
0: <laughs> Excellent, Stevie. Um, first up, what do you make about the strategy? Um podcast, we had to start with the main man the manager. and um, we obviously want to retain and grow listeners, so we've gone big on episode two with yourself. You think that's a wise move?
1: Yeah i, I personally wouldn't have done that. Uh, I think after this one it'll fall off a cliff a wee bit if I'm being honest. There's who not much would, there's not much else in there you can take.
0: Who would you who would your recommendation be to follow you then? Or You're struggling anyway, I think. I, don't well, I was going, going, going to say ahead. who's an absolute no, but basically the rest of the squad.
1: Oh, there's a, a good few in there I would I would avoid, but you've already told me a couple that you've asked and very surprised I'm not going to lie. <laughs> very surprised. Well, a
0: teaser for episode three, um, <laughs> right? We'll move swiftly on. Similar to last week, we obviously want to talk about your Thistle career. We're not going to go into current fixtures and form because there's plenty of that on Jag Zone and other outlets. But more about your body of work as a Thistle player uh, across two spells, and importantly, your type of person you are behind that. Just as a starting point. 'Cause we did celebrate recently 300 appearances and counting now for the club. It's quite a number. What does that actually mean to you as a as a thistle player?
1: Right now, not a lot, to be honest. Um, I didn't really know I was I was close to it. Um I found it the week building up to it. Um but it's definitely something you look back at the end of your career. Um it's a good achievement to play that many games for anybody. But a club that I've spent a lot of years at and um grown very fond of obviously over my time here and like I said it's one of the things you look back at the end of your, end of your career rather than during it. Um, obviously, when you, you start off, you want to play as many games as possible, so hopefully, the number can grow even more.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. By the way, the kit is getting framed, so we'll get that back to you before you're 350. Let's go back in time before long before your Thistle journey began. What, um, <coughs> what have you, first of all, almost growing up, what, did you always want to be a footballer?
1: Yeah, I don't think I could have. Yeah. Done anything else to be honest. Um it was always at the forefront of everything I did, everything was based around football. Um Taekwondo for a while as well when I was younger, but it got to the point I had to make a decision, and obviously football was much further out in front. So um I always been that. Um got older brother, so I think that kinda helps. Um I was never never leaving my own to be honest. I was always out agreement with him, always out playing football with all the older boys, and I think that helped me massively. Um just Took it for there, right. like I said, everything was, everything was based around football, every single thing I did was, was football related.
0: A couple of things there, then Taekwondo, talk to us about that. People might not know your abilities there. there a
1: few of the boys in the changing room are not having it at all, but it was a black belt when I was like, I think I chucked it when I was like 12. Aye, um, <clears throat> when I went out of Molo, I had to make a decision because Mullow were training a, a couple more times a week, so I think it was a Monday I went there, Monday, Friday, a bit was bit that, and I had to, I had to chuck it.
0: Can't be too many black belts in Scottish football. Have you ever had to bring those uh, capabilities into action in the dressing room?
1: Not in the dressing room, but the parts would be bit different. <laughs> I'm kidding on. No, listen, it's no it's not really not just when you're younger, a couple of things and that, but not in the changing room. But there's obviously I did like it, but never got, to, dream. never got to pick up a footballer you? No. My Mum was kind of hoping I went to Taekwondo, right, I think, because she had to drive me all in the country. You don't really get that with Taekwondo, do you? I wouldn't know, I wouldn't no. know, but I'll take your word for it. Big um, brother then, was, was he a player? Is he still a player? No, no, he was just, just my older brother. He obviously had his pals and, that, and they were out playing and I was just a wee young brother and, and i trying to tag along, so really good to me I played a lot with him. I and mean, then obviously with my friends and that out there as well, but it was different back then. And that was kind of, kind of changed for when, when I was younger now. My wee boy doesn't, it's a different era in that, but my wee boy doesn't really out as much yeah. anymore unless we're taking them out or, or stuff like that but because it make it do to my mum's where I grew up we've not really got that sort of area now in any of the, the newer estates
0: yeah. where, where, where exactly was that then sorry I
1: grew up in Woodhead a place in Hamilton called Woodhead and every it was basically just a circle with two massive areas green areas like um so every day just out there playing football playing every kind of sport any sport that was on the TV we really played but now you walk out my front door and you're in a street. Yeah. Uh, he, he needs to walk, like, it's a 10-minute walk to the swing park, and that's really the only grass area they've got. And he's only seven, so he's not really done that yet. My, gir- my gir- the girl goes out, but still nowhere near as much as what, what I was, and I'm yeah. pretty sure what you were when you were younger. Uh,
0: yeah, go out, play, get start, you still
1: play. Oh, yeah, air, I don't know how... I, I, I couldn't do it, but, like, back then, my mum just used to, had to force me to eat breakfast, and then... She wouldn't see me until... I wouldn't even come in for my dinner someday. She'd be shouting... She wouldn't even go out looking for you. It's nah. crazy when you think about it now. No, Just you times. If you weren't in the vicinity to hear her shout your name, you were you were out all day. Yeah.
0: Jack and Victor, ripping it up here. Um, who were your heroes when you, you were growing up? Football heroes? Who was the idol?
1: Well, my dad's obviously a Rangers fan, so grew up supporting Rangers. Um, Sorry, folks. Nah, listen, they all know anyway. Like, they, I, I never I never ever hide it. No, I, I I just don't there's a lot of people that play football and see as soon as they start playing football, they, they don't like it's like they're still supporting teams. Like I don't understand that. Like the full reason I love football is because I supporting a team. Yep. That's what made me fall in love with, with football. Like um
0: It's never been an issue for Thistle fans for two reasons. We can we do appreciate you've got genuine affection for this football club. And secondly, yeah. you've never not tried your guts out on the pitch ever I don't, I've never seen a game no. when you are not a 100% so and you've been honest about it so there's three
1: Aye well, so I, would, I would never hide it and like obviously some fans don't like it but if they if they became football and they played with Rangers would they stop supporting Fissel or stop supporting Mullow or whoever it wouldn't happen but um, I, I grew up obviously supporting Rangers so I was very young the first ones that got me in it was McCoy Stinghaza, and Gaza and Loudrop I loved him and um, but more worldwide, like, I can always remember, like, the real Ronaldo. Like, he's my, he's, he's my goat. like, just watching videos of him. And obviously I can remember, it. I remember the, the first World Cup, I remember, the 98 one. Um, I was in Greece, roads for the, for the final. Did that dodgy, dodgy fake, fake Brazil. No, I had that dodgy but, fake Brazil kit like you get oh, earlier. Hey. So I was running about with that one. That's one. my first World Cup, memory, Um. So, so him.
0: Aye. Did you get? Did you ever replicate his haircut?
1: No. No. no I did have. a, a Gaza, the beach blonde. Um. But I was a wee, I was a wee bit older. But that Aye. could maybe be looked at as maybe the Eminem. Yeah. The Slim Shady era. That's when bit that I was in Florida and get that done. My wee, me and my wee brother.
0: Aye. so loud Ronaldo dribbling skill, big part of your game. That obviously was- you know you, you watch players like that and you think. You know, that's what you aspire to, isn't
1: it? Oh, hundred percent. They're obviously the players you that gets people off a seat. Um, not that I, I thought I was going to end up being a winger in that. They were just the players you you're drawn to. Yeah. Um, at that point, Ronaldo was just doing things that nobody'd ever seen. Then, obviously, get that bad knee injury, but posting numbers. But he's all around playing. That was magic.
0: Did you? I mean, were you running about the playground, pretending to be him? Was it that sort of thing?
1: Oh, hundred percent. Aye, it was them, and then anybody you're supporting that and. Um <clears throat> then you get a wee bit older, you start watching more more football, like, more leagues in that, and you start growing your knowledge a wee bit. But back then it was just off like on like the players I grew up with like, louder up that and then loathing kinds of stuff, but then obviously worldwide, but as was obviously everybody's go-to in it for players like yeah, that. Absolutely. Um but Ronaldo was Ronaldo was definitely top tier for me.
0: Flying machines in the late nineties and early two thousands like Alan Archibald. We all looked <laughs> up to them. Um, well, talk to me about school team and then the, the Mother youth team. Who were you who, who were you playing Because you played with quite a lot of good players in those kind of teenage years, didn't
1: you? Uh well, school team was really frustrating for me because I, I went out of the school team, the primary school team when I was in primary four. You weren't allowed in until primary six. But the janitor was the school coach. So when we went round when the it was one, two, three, we were around the small side, and then when you get into play Four, you get into the big side and there's a big ash park there. So the janitor's seen me playing and put me straight into the team.
0: Give him a shout out, what was his name?
1: Mr. Walk, James Walk. But if have a, like, a love-hate relationship, me and him, he put me in the team, but he could hear everything. So he'd be walking around the, the school, like play, play playgrounds basically, yeah. so he'd be on the other side and he'd, he'd hear me swearing. Playing football and you can run put me in the sin bin. But when he come back i and be back on. So like it used to it used to threaten me like you are not got to play with the school team if you don't stop coming out of the sin bin when I put you there. Cursing at P four. Aye. I hope my wings doesn't see us. I, I definitely don't stop. <laughs> that was the that was the beginning of the refs gonna get their that two two buttons off me, but um aye. So school the- team was was good up until I went to model, and then I wasn't allowed to play with the school team. At high school and it really annoyed me i was at Mullow at the time the boy jordan white is at county he was the same year as me at school um same class he was at rangers at the time and he was allowed to play and it really used to annoy me i love to swear by the way no
0: you can and we can take it out or we can take an executive's right. decision because so that's not
1: about i have not said that they're really <laughs> off i've got to say but <laughs> I was funny but in
0: <laughs> that's one after nine o'clock <laughs> um the Motherwell youth team there was a few decent players in there. What what was the journey from being a school footballer to actually being part of a professional football academy?
1: It was rough. Um, I didn't I didn't enjoy Mullow at all um, for years just because I was playing with my pals at my boys' club, Mill United. It's a completely different atmosphere and we'll probably go into that later on, but I'm obviously coaching now and seeing a lot of kids that I was 10 minutes into Mullow. Our kids getting in before that and getting rejected now and crushing them. But I don't believe in it. Yep. I understand the reasoning, like obviously getting them in early and getting them a bit of coaching, but the way it's worked I think could be better because it's devastating for kids. Um the atmosphere's like I say, it's completely different because you know you're competing with boys in your team for contracts and stuff. So it's not like you're a full fully fledged team, you know, if somebody's performing and you're not, you're at the door. Mm-hmm. So it's different. Um I went in there when I was ten, all the way up to I was twenty one. But I nearly, nearly got released twice. I was, I, I got told I was getting released twice, and that spell one cause, one, 'cause I broke my leg, come back, and I was, I broke my leg. But the, to be fair, the, the I broke my, I think it was like the, I think it was October when I come back right at the end of the season. So like a double leg break, get pins in my leg and stuff, and um, get them took it, but um. I was getting released because when i come back i was miles off obviously because mm. i've been out for like eight months nine months I was getting released and then ended up getting the, the, the new the one for taking under i think it was under 15s it was gordon young he was taking under 15s it wasn't him releasing me it was, the, it was the year below um and he said look come in train me for the first for pre-season and we'll have a look at you and see how you're getting how you're getting on." he ended up giving me a, a deal Done well, obviously enough, well enough to get a deal then. And then when I went to under nineteens when you've got to go in full time. Um the last six months of the season, like basically got got me a contract. I wasn't getting kept in. There was a couple of boys in full time already. Paul Slay and Robert McHugh, they were in. And a couple of other boys were in full time already, but still training with us at night. And it was Chris McCart. Chris McCart was got to release me because it was too small before getting in full time and then again stroke a luck. He left and went to Celtic and Gordon Young at the 19th job and took me in. Wow. So it's just that's God. that Gordon Young like I owe a lot to him. I was gonna to come to him
0: because you mentioned Aye. in our recent media QA that we did that you know, alongside your parents, he's probably the most important person in your you know, your progression of your career. Cause if it wasn't for
1: him, what would have happened? Well that, that that's twice where I was gonna get released and he's he's given me a deal and um <clears throat> but the boys I, I've come through with as well. Like for, for then, like I probably only had the the longest career, like at, at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, those boys that come in. So the, my, the first batch of boys I was in with was like Rob McHugh, Paul Slane, Jamie Pollock, Peter and Stephen Meeting. They, they were all like in Scotland under seventeens, under 15s and that really good players and that, and kind of fell away a wee bit through um, different reasons. But then when I went to the under-19s, you had well, Sean Hutchison, my captain. He came in a little later than that, but obviously he's a, a great career. Um, but I, it just shows you, like, sometimes you need that wee bit of luck. Because mm-hmm. um, at that age, I've seen a lot of boys get released, and that was it. Aye. They could have went somewhere else. But it's hard to maybe motivate yourself at that age when there's other things going on and stuff like that. So um, I massive... Massive stuff down to to to,
0: to most Football careers have got those sliding those moments, especially at the start, haven't they? What um you mentioned there, been told you were too small. Like, how often has that happened? in when you were trying to become a footballer, and you know how much did that actually motivate you to prove people wrong?
1: I thought all the way through. Like, I think it's 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 rife in Scotland. It was it was definitely a massive thing back then. Um. No, look, it was years ago. I just mean, like, maybe it's progressed a wee bit. Um, just again, going back to, like, me doing the coaching now, like, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern with what boys clubs are bringing in. Like, pro youth clubs, I mean, like academy clubs. I see a partner with what, look, for instance, I've, I've got a lot of boys that I coach that are in at Rangers and in at Celtic, and they're all the same type of player. They're all technically good, small. Yeah. Whereas you go to Mullow, I've got a couple of boys that have are in at Mullow as well. And they're all tall, bigger boys. And that's a, that's a seven-year-old. So that's clubs we have obviously different ideas of what they're looking for. It's mm-hmm. seven. They're taking in boys that are all bigger than when, I, when I, and they're good, don't get me wrong, I've got a couple of them that are really good with their feet in that, but it's just that profile that they're looking for. You can tell as soon as I as soon as I knew they were getting in to Mullow, I looked at the other ones and they're all the exact same. Um so even at that age, they're doing it still. Seven. At seven. Wow. So um, back in my full career, I've been told I was I was too small. Um, even up until I was no reason I'm a my wingers because I was too small. Because I was playing, I was a striker up until I went into my little first team. And Stuart McCall put me out wing, wide again. So for like four or five years, I played in a striker with, with Robert McHugh. Um, I loved it. Aye, but I brilliant. I but what was the best
0: thing about it compared to being out wide?
1: Um. Just having, I don't really know. I I, I liked it for different leis- reasons. I would never be the striker. Obviously, I played in a two. I would never be the striker that running behind. Yeah. So Q would run in behind and leave a bit of space, and I would drop in. Yeah. Pick up the ball. So I like getting the ball in that area. There's no dis- No too much dust. I'm running out. To be fair, yeah. I like dropping deep. Um. I I, I I I do like playing wide now. To be fair, I think McCall's uh, idea to put me wide was obviously. Like you say, the sliding door moment as well could yeah, have been. Yeah, you don't really get many strikers in Scotland at my height, do you? No,
0: nah. oh God, that's a good question. I'll come back to that. Give myself time to think. We'll move on from Motherwell. Um, Thistle time, part one. Have a wee drink of your cup of tea there. I'll drag this question out. Um, how, how did it come about? And when you arrived at
1: Thistle, what were your expectations? It came about cause a Jackie McNamara. We'd played them a couple of times in friendlies and that, and bands were willing tell you this, but every time we played them, we battered them. Um, our, youth team was, our youth team was very good, obviously, but they, like theirs, theirs was like the league below type thing. So we were, we were strong. So we played a lot of friendlies against them when, when it seemed like every week we played them at St um, but Jackie organised one, if a look at me, and Ross Forbes. But never, we didn't know in a bit. Um, we just played them, it was at Firth Park. Uh, I think we, we, we had a good result against them. I think I scored two or something like that. But after I, I was getting offered a contract, at little shoot McCall was off my deal. And he said, put me in his office and said, Listen, it's been a hard one with you because I was on the, the cusp basically. But the boys in front of me, Nicky Law, Chris Humphreys, Jamie Murphy, so like, serious players at that level. Um, they picked up an injury. He's like, you, you got you off your deal, but you are doing the exact same things you're doing now. You need to wait in your chance, waiting uh somebody getting injured, basically. Or I can let you go and I'll take the contract back because there's interest in you. And then he say, I said, well, I don't want to sit on the bench and I'm 21 at a time, so I don't want to do it anymore. And he said, Jackie and Stephen Presley for Falkirk at the time, and I come in and met Jackie first. And that was I knew I was, I knew I was signing here as soon as I met him. Um, so that's how it came about, it came about basically a few bounce matches. Yeah,
0: yeah. And your expectation of what Partick Thistle might do for you and the club? What was
1: what were you looking at? A big part of it was the players he was signing. Um the players that were here that I knew through playing against in the youths. Wasn't sure if I knew I kinda mean if i knew many at Folk, to be honest, but Conrad played against him for years when he was at Hearts. Welshie um sod. Seen a wee bit. of sinky when I went out and loaned uh, to Albion Rovers, I think it was, was it in Troas. Yep, Troas. I think I played against them. Um, it's like young, young boys that I I knew. Ero played against Aero when I was at Albion Rovers as well. When he was at Annan, I've dealt with him in the the play final actually. Doesn't um, no, like talking about it. Love,
0: um, I love photos of a young hero. I really uh, do. No, you
1: don't like young photos of a, a young lad is a brutal and all the beard. Absolutely <laughs> there was saves a belt me. I the other day, actually. The, the two beard of you. saves me. Um, not that I'm a world beard or anything, but honestly, without, without a beard, dear me. Um,
0: so there was a lot of players signing that you thought I can be part of something good here.
1: Aye, uh, I knew I knew what they could do. I knew Aye. I knew it was getting a sale I knew they were decent decent players. I knew they were hungry. Um, the big the, the I've not never actually told this. the big one for me was Welshie. I played against Welshie when he was at when it was at Hibs, obviously and I was at Motherwell. and he won played a year for the league. And like their Hibs team were a joke. Like my team was good. We did have good games against them, but always went on top. But the they won the double that year. There it was him Boothie, the boy called Curry in the middle East Park as well. Him and him and Welshie were like different class. So him signing like I knew like well she could do so that was that was a massive pull um but I just when I came in after the first couple of couple of weeks actually that's when I started to realise I thought we had a, a really good chance
0: yeah
1: um and then just going off the boys that had already played in the league they said about what teams would be would be favourites up there with us in the first two weeks or three weeks we dealt with two of them um so that that obviously is a good foundation for us
0: and I mean. We've talked, that, we've talked about that season a lot, so we probably don't need to go over everything. But to end it with a championship medal around you and everything that went off, so went on mid-season, quite a remarkable season. Um, what what was the moment you knew this is on?
1: I personally thought that Dunfermline were the biggest challenges that year, and they get. Again, that's got to sound weird because Morton always gave us a tough game, right? But see, player for player, I thought like, them them were really good. The game we beat them
0: 5-1, Yeah,
1: I just thought that was like a big moment. Not, not because I'm probably a wee bit biased because I scored in that game as well, but I just think like doing that against one of your... The hype brand that game and a lot of your, like I said, a lot, a lot of young boys, that was probably at that stage the biggest game a lot of us had played in because they were... Flying at a time before they went out of administration, and that so that was like billed as like a massive game. So, so, for the boys to show the younger boys, especially to show that they could handle a situation like that, not just handle it, thrive in it. Um, that was a massive point for me, I think, because that that kind of set us up for knowing, right, even though we could play well under decent circumstances under like that pressure. Um, I think you've seen that with the, with the Martin game as well. Yeah, um,
0: so there's, there, there, I mean, you've talked about goal you scored in a big win that. Probably doesn't get talked about that much at all. And then you talk about the Morton game and you've got this boy, Craig, who's still dining off it. Aye,
1: That's not exactly, a deal, is it? Exactly. I think that was his first game he started as well that year. Um, and only started that game as well because I had a nightmare in the cup final at the weekend. Because yeah, I blamed my agent for that. I got my new boots and I was sliding about everywhere like it was so nice.
0: People sliding about at
1: the start. Aye, they, I was um, fine in the warm-up and then they just clogged up. And I went, went to run down the line, no, like I did a lot, but went to run down the right chasing Manu man Sod's channel boss and just started sliding really popped my back but actually, gave me the curly finger after that so I couldn't really say much
0: <laughs> well we talked about some of the heroes in that team pick out an unsung hero who maybe doesn't get the credit they deserve for that body of work of winning the championship who was a real unsung hero in the, the dressing room
1: Um Pace was good obviously he doesn't get a lot of credit obviously because he the way it ended in that and like Pace was bronc for that year I think he was the start of the season as well, Q Murray. Yep. Just like I said, a lot of young boys there. Like a steady head you need and now that you're a wee bit older, you realise how important that is. Yep. Um you need people like that. Um so these players obviously you'd all the other ones that are getting all the credit the, the limelight, like like Squiddy, Doles, Me, Sod, Sinky, all these players that are like getting decent numbers are are, are are brilliant to watch, but you need that steady one. Um I thought they two were, were really steady and then boys like Forbes when he comes in like wasn't he always a guaranteed starter but produced massive moments in the season like just of that quality um, Best
0: left peg
1: in the squad? Oh easy I wouldn't even Ah uh, easy Not even Easy yeah, I wouldn't even put him yeah, <laughs> There's some boys in there with right foot better than his left We'll um, come to the
0: bands we'll do a special banzo section at
1: the end uh, right? But no Forbes uh, Oh easy I've never seen uh, anybody with that and that, not just in boys I've played with, like the reverse whip, same training. Oh, if you've got, got him on your team at five a size, you had to do all the running because he wouldn't move for the one corner in the, the box. But Good as soon up. as you get a ball him the ball, tap in. Great, great left foot.
0: Agreed. That's when the Premier League, or Premier League footballer, season, season, seasons. What, what were the highlights for you? What was the best experience of those back-to-back seasons? Back um, to back-to-back.
1: I did I did enjoy it. I just thought it was a lot was a lot a, a big jump. Um I know people say that isn't he? It? Maybe, maybe it's closed a wee bit. Um I just thought the, the teams were a lot defensively, they were a lot more steady. Um did struggle my first season. I was playing a bit different to be honest back then. I wasn't playing the same game, but did struggle my first season um defensively. As a winger, I don't know that might sound a bit strange, but because you're up against it, you need to do a lot of work defensively rather than... i would just been used to attacking. Even my mother youth team attacking. First year in the champ, attacking. A lot of pressure put on because we were one of the underdogs that year as well. So you need to do a lot of work off the ball. And I did end up adding that to my game. I've got a lot of that now, but at that point, I didn't have it. So struggled for the first season. Found my feet the second season. It's just it's, it's good go to all these places, isn't it? All these different places. And then I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of I need I think we need more teams in the link. Because um, yeah. it gets repetitive. That was that was part of the reason I, I was happy to get away for a living try something different yeah. for a for a spell. Um
0: I mean we played recently played Queen's Park eight times in a year and a day. It's, it's just too, mad, it's it's madness. It's isn't it? too repetitive for us. You get you get you get bored, then that's what 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 do you think? It might be quite hard for you to answer, but what do you think Scottish football Footballers in general would say to that concept of opening up the top league. Obviously, there is going to be Premier League footballers who maybe don't want it. Championship, we obviously do for obvious reasons. But do you think collectively, the consensus would be bigger league playing teams less often has got to be the way to go.
1: I, I don't think the Premier League players would be against it. No, no, because it's mean there is more teams in the Premiership. It's not going to affect them really. Um, gives more chance of staying up as well. But I don't think a player looks at it like that. If I am a Premiership player and I was in that position I would still vote it through for a 16 league for a 16 team league just because like I said for, when you look at it for a player it's different from looking at it for a club the club maybe not, don't want it because there's more chance less revenue maybe of that, because they're not playing the whole firm of that but as a player you just want to play different teams it's, it does get repetitive like sometimes you're playing teams five times in a season if you get them in the cup as well and it does, it was a big factor in me Martin yeah. out of the
0: league. Obviously, a lot of Scottish players have gone down south because you can make good money, but that drives them away away as well.
1: That wasn't the, the money point, wasn't Wasn't an aspect for me why I moved down south at all, not in the slightest. I had another offer for a team down there as well for more money. I went to them, but I went to Button. It probably wasn't the right decision to be honest, but it wasn't because of money. Um, it was cause I wanted to try something different. I wanted a different league. Wanted, repetitive. And I know it's a lot of teams. There's eight. We'll say you're playing the prem. There's there's eight games or, or six games there where you are not expected to get anything, and it's just defend, defend. And I thought it was just getting it was getting too yeah. boring. I wanted to play a tank football, and I think with a bigger league, I think more teams would open up in their games because it's no critical. Not so much rest, No, I, Yeah, absolutely.
0: We're not going to go through Levy, Burton Mulder, and Ferman before we come back to Spelto, but we'll talk about Burton. What was it What was it like and what do
1: you most miss about home? It was okay. I enjoyed it for a football aspect. I played, I didn't start off well, to be honest. I, I put my hamstring um, before the first bounce game. So I never played any bounce games at all. So my last game, before the first game of the season, he threw me in at right wing. I only played a game for March, so I was miles off it. And like it not it's a lot more physical down there, a lot more athletes. Football wise, it's like my levy team would have been brilliant down there. Like football wise, there was only one team that I was actually impressed with, like, played actual football. I mean like the odd their style of playing, they done they done well with it, but I mean football wise, like passing the ball, Peter Peterborough were brilliant. Um Who was their manager? Was it Ferguson? I can't yeah. imagine. Can't even mind who it was? But the, the boy Dumbele see that Karamoko's oh, right, brother. Okay. Um I can't remember his first name. But it's just I think I moved to Bournemouth or something in the Prem. It was brilliant. But they played these strengths. Um they were part of the good pass the ball and that. But um I played centre mid after I played like two games on the wing and I was I was miles off it. Um but like I said, I I, I needed a run. Uh <clears throat> but I played centre mid for like, the next sixteen games um and I enjoyed it. Um but it was COVID year, so it was hard for my missus and three kids. We just done a newborn in the February, but now you locked in March. So you, she st- we, you stuck in Burton in lockdown. Stuck in Burton, I in lockdown. So when it was the summer, and that and she could get them out to the park, but school started, so she was dropping them to school, bringing them back. But Michelle was my youngest, and you are done a lot of travelling down there, so she was basically stuck down there, there herself. So as soon as, as soon as I, I heard there was interest back up the road, that's it was. Jimmy Floyd was the manager at that point. He pulled me and says, listen, it's up to you because at that point we were reining in goals. Mm -hmm. So, it was like, we need to go defensive for the next couple of months just to show this up. So you might not play as much. He's like, I want to keep you, but it's up to you. So, again, I had to kind of make that decision. Um, But, probably again made the wrong decision. So I went to the, had two offers and picked the wrong one again. No idea at all. Every no. time, every time I, every time I pick, that spell, yeah. as soon as I picked a, a 50 club, I the manager didn't like me. It was it was a, it was st- stupid to be honest. It was a new manager, it wasn't Really, I wasn't really there signing. That's a, that's a challenge for any player now. Is that managerial positions can change
0: just so quick? Aye, a favour.
1: But it was, <sighs> there, there was with Button, I could have went, I could have went to Fleetwood, um, but I went to Button because they showed a lot more interest in me. But Nigel Clough left, so I wasn't that. I was his first signing but I wasn't really I was on the list already and then the same way Um I wasn't na- I wasn't his signing but it was a- I was basically agreed before he got the job um, I should have went to St Mum, but I had that affection with Murl uh, that was a big pull and I had a lot of pals there I had like, close friends like Sod Foxy Robbie Crawford Ricky Lamy Liam Kelly like boys I was really me. Like not just like, teammate wise like I was still speaking to them yeah so that was a big pull. Yeah. But looking back, at I went to went to St Merton because it was actually him trying to sign me rather than the club.
0: Well, in a way, I'm glad you went where you went because you ended up coming back here. What, any Nigel Clough stories? No, really. No, I
1: just uh, only spoke to him once. Did you? Uh, he phoned me. Phoned me um, around about the end of the season. But, wasn't it crazy? Just, just like saying he'd been watching me for a while and like really interested and then he would get me done to have a look around about the club and that. And then within like a month, Covid was in, and I um, think he left just because he was, was on a wedge. Yeah. So I think he left because of that, because he, it was his option, Like, he's like that because the club was struggling, because he obviously loved the club, so he left, and then that was the end it.
0: On a wedge, we might subtitle that to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> right, back to Thistle. Um, never go back, you've gone back, obviously, to, to another place, but why Why come back to Thistle? In but, fact, I'm going to read you a quote. Because you did this in the QA. I don't think I realised or appreciated how good a club this is and how much it meant to me until I had left after my first spell. It's amazing to be back. Maybe that encapsulates why you came back.
1: I well obviously you grow fond of a club when you're there, but I was obviously, I was young. And I did think at one point you you, you make mistakes. Like sometimes you do things like you, you regret and stuff like that and you don't take in things because you're young you think it's going to be like that forever but um, I've definitely had a different attitude this time round uh, for my first time because first time round I was close to getting a move a couple of times to uh, I've said this before Holland and stuff and that was a big thing in my head I wanted to try something like that um, obviously my career went on I've not no really done that so when I left like you always keep an eye on clubs like but this club's always been like the one that gave him a chance really. So obviously I fond eye on, on the results and always wishing them well. But as soon as I left Murrell, I was wa- I I was back. Um but it didn't, didn't it happen for some reason. Obviously I had to, I had to spell it done filming Um but I thought when I left Muddle I wanted to like I wanted to just go and enjoy my, I think that was a big big part of it. Like I just said, that wasn't his signing. Mm. See his foot his football was shocking. Like my little fans will tell you that. His football was shocking. It was back to front. Everything I'm know. So, I, I actually didn't like football at all. So I wanted to go somewhere that would play football and I could attack. And I had other offers because I, I stayed in the Prem. I chose them filming because a Yogi. Because I wanted to play football. Um, he tried to send me a couple of times but that was a, like I said, with the, the, the boredom thing. I was bored to Maybe touching the ball 10 times a game, being a defender 90% of the game. I want to go somewhere, attack, try and get good numbers, get back to playing football and enjoying it because that's the whole point of me enjoying it. So that's the reason I went to Dunfermline. I could have stayed in the Prem and been in a re- relegation battle again, but I'll well, end up being in a relegation battle. But I thought I'd enjoy my football more under him. Um, but that was a big part of him coming back here as well.
0: Your form since you came back is a lot of fans will say that they think. You're a better player now than you were first time, which is not putting down how good you were first time, but maybe I don't know what it is. Maybe just enjoying watching you. Maybe it's recency bias, but there's a compliment in there somewhere. I'd agree. Aye, you'd agree. Well, I I'd you agree go. every aye. day of the
1: week. Aye. aye. Um. Back then, I wasn't really. I always say this, right? So when I was here the first time, I maybe maybe not so much when Squiddy left. I got a wee bit more like that, but there was a lot of players that would take the game with the scruff of the neck. Squiddy was that guy first first time um, I was more the guy that would get end product yeah. like I'd get a goal but I wouldn't really do much in the game I'd get a goal I'd get an assist I wouldn't do much then when I went to Levy it was a complete change I was trying to it was a change in my my, my mind because I had one year with Livingston that I played right wing back winger back I was calling it because he would be playing everywhere but he said to me it was David Martindale who said to me um i got we've got another year there for you, but I need more numbers at you. I can remember thinking you've just played me wing back for the full year. And I get like I think it was like four four goals and eight assists for wing back. And I said this time I said, play me in match position then. Yep. And I think that was last a, a shift in that we meeting there. Like the next year I got like eleven goals and nine assists. And that we che- that we conversation is what think think's made me a better player. Yeah. Because now I get into games every single game thinking, right, i am got to try and run the game yeah. and not just get numbers. But through that, I've managed to get numbers. Whereas when I was younger, I was just worried about numbers. But now I've been involved in the game constantly. And I think it's maybe what like I said earlier on for that experience.
0: Good insight. Good insight. And you look at the opposite wing, you see What I mean, just get your view as a fellow winger with a different style on, on Aiden's form over the last year.
1: I put a lot of it down to me. Nah, I can't not surprised. No, see, to be honest, see at the start of the season, I can remember not the start of the season, but maybe bit September or that. He scored a double or maybe something like that, right? And I can remember I messaged him. Because first put up something. I messaged him saying like I welcome the chase, because I was flying at that point. And to be fair, he's absolutely took it on on board and he's flying there, you know, So I liked it for him now. He's, like, he's he's obviously a brilliant player. He's got a bust on pace that so i fortunate enough to be born with. Um which is
0: obviously a bit of an it's like envy.
1: A, it's a good twin threat to have different things. A hundred percent, listen, yeah. he's, he's, he's absolutely full at times. Um, Trying to help him with certain certain things that I think he can improve on. and um, Obviously, we've we'll got an argument with him sometimes, but listen, I'm, I'm a, I think he's, like I said, he's obviously had that move, but I think his miles better than he was then. Yeah. I think that will come again. Not that Fissel fans will want me to be saying that, but I think I'll definitely come again if he keeps improving what he's doing. Yeah, well,
0: we definitely enjoying you both in the form you're in at the moment. I'm conscious of time here because I know you've got lawless premier coaching business to, to head off to, have you? Well, let's just say you have because I've said I, that yeah. now. Um, tell us about that, will we? Is there potential to see some of your boys in the, the first team in the future?
1: I, I, I think so, yeah. I think about the way, the way it's been going so far. Um, A lot of them, are getting like I said earlier on, there's a lot of them getting picked up very young. Um, it's not just down to down to me. Like a lot of stuff I do is individual based. It's not really, it's not a team. So um, I put a big aspect on that. Like I just said, the boys' getting their confidence, trust in that at that age, it's incredible. So a lot is based on building the players up and and giving them that confidence and in, in themselves. So no, I'm I'm hopeful. Um, I only got up to fourteen year olds now, so got a lot of, a lot of chance to grow that as well and and, and Take them into the later years, but like I said, a lot of them are getting picked up, and a lot of good players um, at that age. There's a lot, of, a lot of things out there now that that older generation didn't really have. Yeah. Um, it was just a boys' club, school team, playing with your pals. But there's a lot. Of, I see a lot of people doing one to ones in that as well. Which personally, if you're in, into them, fair enough. I would, I would have hated them when I was younger because I was the, the biggest driving aspect for me was being the best.
0: Standing, out, standing the team, out in the uh,
1: class or, or standing yeah. out in the team or having the players to drive me on. like.
0: I think it's a brilliant thing in the modern day that, I I, I mean, when I was younger, I used to maybe get a, a player to come along at medal night or trophy night and hand out yeah. trophies, but getting one-to-one coaching experience with players that are on the telly and your heroes, it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm sure that would be a big big pull for uh-huh. people. Um, so if anyone but it's, wants... no, it's not really that... I, I don't really like plugging myself, is that? But because.
0: Well, we're going we'll the logo it. up on the screen and give you a wee plug. So if anyone wants to, they can follow you on Instagram
1: and. Instagram's the main thing. Instagram's I am. Um, I've got one. Twitter on that as well, or email, but. Right,
0: we have not got much time left. Just touching family, mate. Your mum, and dad helped you. Your wife Lucy, kids. Um, critical body of support for you, and through your career.
1: Aye, been, been been massive for me. Obviously, um, I did say that to. Lucy was raging. You asked me something like this before, didn't you? And I said my mum and dad, and she's like, "How come I never got mentioned?"
0: I think when you get asked about Lucy, you mentioned Jennifer Aniston.
1: So, that... <laughs> aye, that didn't go down well. either to be fair, um, no. listen, she's been brilliant as well. I did say that to her. Like, yeah. I said earlier on, but when you get released of that at a certain age, it would be, it would be difficult for your mindset because a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met her when I was seventeen, so. I say this story time, I don't know if I'd have made it without her because of that. Because of the time of the stage of your, your life you're at. Yeah. There's a lot going on with your pals and stuff like that. Easy to get misled. Um, So that kind of, that settled me down a bit. I know that's probably a wee bit. I love
0: that. I'm, I'm see, I love getting it. This is the real Stevie Lawless. You fucking get through there and Aye. nice
1: emotional, uh, I know romantic. That, I, I, that's no, I'm no romantic that, at all. That but listen. Ah, yes, Aye, that's listen. that would do it for that'll the year then because I'm, Let's um, take it
0: up a level. Stuart Bannigan. Now, here's my theory. <laughs> the reason you slate him all the time and you've got this kind of relationship you've got is because you're jealous.
1: But, but yeah. he,
0: of his looks. <laughs> his patter. No getting into that either. Dress sense.
1: Absolutely not. Left foot. Gage piece.
0: Scotland recognition. What
1: was that? Twenty ones? was it? 16s. No, no, I got up to got 21. 21 16s. Went 16 to 21. I've only got the 21s because... The championship year and...
0: we spent a lot of time during Banzo's testimonial trying to get compliments out of you but you spent 90% of the time just doing kind of best man speech stuff but you did you did finish up by saying he's a great guy but you two you're, you're tight you've been good friends from the very beginning right through to now you still share a dressing room which is quite remarkable um, can you imagine life without Banzo?
1: <laughs> a lot easier aye eh? stress free Um. No, like you said, we're we're tight, but like, we have actually somebody. Somebody said one of the English boys was. I think it was 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 actually saying, like he finds it so weird, like because we just slot each other all the time. But I'm not like I'm not just that like that with him. See if I slot you, it means I like you. It's weird, like you and like big Look said it, he's like that's that. He's the same. He said he said like when he know he knows if he gets home with somebody, if they they just feel they can say it to each other. Uh, so that's kinda of like if you know if I key it tight or try and make you nervous and stuff like that, which I do with a lot of the boys, it means I, I like you, so it's a compliment for him there. Um aye.
0: You talk, I mean you talked about a leg break when you were you were very young, but Ban's obviously got real bad luck with an injury at a key part of his career. What what he might have gone on to achieve, who knows?
1: Aye well, like I know I don't know if he I don't know if you said this, but he had stuff lined up, like he was meant to get that move. That move that we'd been wanting for—it's um, just just your luck in it, like just at that key time. I think he actually said, "I thought it was going to, it to sign it soon, a pre-contract soon," but um, I think he said recently that it that was going to wait to the summer. But that's just—it's mental how much his career could have been different, yep. um, and it would have been because back then. It's a different player for now. Like he was—he was—he still—he still got bits of that. But back then it was—it was everywhere, wasn't he? Like absolutely, it was an absolute dog. Um, but, the luck, this, just... but
0: the upside for us is he's become a club legend. He's runs the, the life of out of end. that, not he? Well... runs
1: the life out of that. But aye. What's he doing up there pressing the goalkeeper anyway? He shouldn't be there. It's the only time he's has another opposition box. He <laughs> well, doesn't be
0: um, well, Final question then. We're sitting here um, heading into the kind of final third asked this with, with the manager last week we're sitting in third. It, absolutely all to play for. you have the belief that we can still go on and achieve something this season?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, I think we're... I don't want to say we're underachieving now because we, could, we should be closer to them. Threw away a lot of points. Um, I personally think now it's a better squad than we had last year. Um, I think we've got a lot more I think last year we were, we were strong, obviously. Um, I think we've brought on well in January and, and we've got everything now, I think. Um, so, aye, I'm excited for the rest of the season. Um, hopefully, we can push and finish as high as possible and um, hopefully, hopefully they, they they give us a couple more slip-ups and we can take advantage of it because I think the last twice they've dropped points. We've we've no managed to do that, which is obviously disappointing. Um, but we got close enough last year, didn't we? So... The boys are there with that experience now and hopefully it can it can set us in good stead for, for a big end of the season.
0: Let's hope so, let's hope so. Keep believing and obviously it all starts on, on Friday night with a game against one of your, your old teams. So look forward to the John Lambie stand singing the Stevie Lawless song, hopefully after right, another trademark assist or goal. Listen, thank you, uh, Stephen, as always. It's not been dull. Thanks so much for making PTFC podcast number two happen and you can wait and see who pops up on number three and make your judgment then. We'll call that full time for uh, the next episode. And a huge thanks again to Stephen for the chat today. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please share, comment and like, and we'll see you next week for episode three. Thank you very much.